Good evening, and welcome to the Elite Dynasty 69 official podcast of our fantasy football league. I am your host, Spooky Garoppolo, and also commissioner of this fine league. Here with my co-hosts, uh, Bortal Combat, as well as the Mad Shatter. They're both very excited to be here. What's up, what's up? What's going on? Perfect. I love the enthusiasm already. <laughs> Um, so let's just look ahead at what we're going to be talking about for the next 45 minutes. Uh, hopefully you get insightful, make a great use of your time as enjoyment for us and enjoyment for you as well. We're going to start with just an overview of our league. This is the intro to our entire, hopefully, series of podcasts. So just to let you know, we're going to go over our league in general, scoring rules, let's say amendments. Uh, then we'll jump into some recent activity, uh, such as trades, uh, give you a little bit of a breakdown, give our opinions. So hopefully you can bring that to your league as well. Uh, we'll go down some team profiles. We're going to be picking about two teams per week. We'll go over, give you a little bit of detail about the owner, about some of the trades and acquisitions that that team has specifically made to increase their likelihood of winning our championship. And then we're going to dive into some of the nuts and bolts with recent NFL news uh, to give you a better idea of what's happening around the league. Sleeper picks of the week, and then we'll do a little bit of a wrap-up. So without further ado, let's dive right into it. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. You guys ready? Yeah. All right, perfect. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, So just to give you a breakdown of our league, we're a 14-team league, um, so 14 different owners. It's relatively deep, uh, 23 actual roster spots. We do have three IR spots as well, so it can get relatively deep, especially if you're getting towards the end of the season and there are some injuries or in, in injuries. Ooh, look at that. It's, get, it's getting Easy. a little late. I think you need a, a little, maybe coffee, a little relaxer. I maybe don't, a little I'm not speech, sure. Maybe speech lesson. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I'm not sure. <laughs> slow, slow down. Um, so that being said, we're a .5 PPR league. Um, so passing backs, um, receivers that do get a lot of receptions are an advantage here. We're not just looking at those touchdown dependent running backs. Got the IDPs as well. Makes us a little bit different. Some leagues don't have that. Absolutely. Sure, yep, two IDPs per team. Absolutely. So definitely, um, definitely some some strengths to to go and drafting defensive players early. Um, league history. This is our actual fourth going into our fourth off season, and we've had three winners. Um, first winner, uh, unfortunately, was Greg Muller. Yeah, um, yeah it's very unfortunate. Very unfortunate. No one really wanted that one to happen, but it was inevitable. His team was very good. He kind of took advantage of the league before the league knew what dynasty football was. Came, I have to agree with you. He there. came in from a very competitive dynasty league, and no one really knew what picks were worth or players were worth, and he took advantage. I myself was a victim of that. I remember the first trade I ever made was with Greg, and uh, it was my first for Marcus Wheaton. So there you go. That's okay. uh, the perfect okay. example of. Uh, and I won just... the league. My first rule was don't trade with Muller, and not many people followed that rule, unfortunately. No. You know, no. it's always ingrained in our heads, but we still trade with Muller. <laughs> we do. <laughs> he's just so easy to talk to. He is very easy to talk to. He's very sneaky. Yes. He's a very sneaky owner. Yes. And somehow he will always respond to a text within 30 seconds, regardless of the time. <laughs> Even in Europe. He, he will, because he never sleeps, because sleep is for the week. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that's a great point. Um, Greg Muller, we're actually graced with the presence of our second winner, uh, Mr. Portal Combat, Addison Elko. Thank you. to say a few words. Yeah, I mean, the my team was um, boosted from a trade for Allen Robinson after the draft involving Tevin Coleman. Uh, I traded for Peterson mid-year, and Doug Martin had a pretty much career year. So all that together resulted in a championship. It was a great year for you uh, last year. It was awesome. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, it goes down in history. It was nice to have the trophy. Um, we're all living in the same apartment, so it was nice to have the trophy 
in the apartment and be able to be so close yet so far away to, to the prize. It's great to have. It's a lot of power. Because it's, it's a good, you can hold it, and you <laughs> can just feel the power within the you trophy. feel powerful. I get yeah. it. I mean, as it says on our Twitter, we do have a league Twitter handle, 14 teams, one goal. And that goal is to hold that championship. That goal trophy. was obtained three times by three different owners. And the third owner, I actually give a shout-out to Mike Rogers' team, Footsteps Falco. Um, I think we all kind of knew going into the season he was not going to be ignored. Um, with Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson on the same team, uh, it's it's pretty dominant force. Yeah, I mean, we'll get, eventually get to his team profile, but he just had a great year last year. Um, wasn't really injury-riddled at all, um, and really kind of just didn't lose during the regular season and throughout the playoffs. So yeah. kudos to him. That was my main point was injuries. Was not injured. I can't think of one key player that went down for him. And then I don't think that could be said for anyone else in the league. Yeah, and it helps when you have David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell as your running backs one and two. And so. getting him in the second round. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not bad. I think both in the second round. Yeah, The startup and the rookie draft he got, both those running backs. I think you're right, actually. He drafted very well. I will give him that. He did. Um, so that being said, we don't always have winners. Um, if you're going to have one team win, you're going to have one team lose. <sighs> <laughs> and um, we have had three losers. And what makes it more fun is that after year one, we actually instill the league punishment. Um, year two, league punishment actually goes out to Andrew Itzler. I know you are listening out there. And I actually got to attend the punishment event. It was very entertaining. Uh, we actually made Andrew do a five-minute comedy stand-up routine at a local comedy club in New York City where he had to prepare his own material, go live in front of an audience of people he really didn't know. <laughs> and surprisingly, he actually killed it. Um, Chad, you were there as well. He did. It was it was a fun time. It was you know it was more than just punishment. It was more of like a league bonding thing too. Um, there was a bunch of us there, and everyone was excited to see him bomb. And unfortunately, he didn't bomb. So that's why we got rid of the the punishment. But, he had um, by far the biggest crowd for him. I just remember them trying to pull the names out of the hat, and everyone's like like whispering for Itzler. And when it finally happened, the place like erupted. Yeah, like he was like the lead comic for the night. It it was awesome. Uh, now, going into this year, um, we actually are graced with the presence of our <laughs> third loser as well, um, the mad chatter, Mr. Chad Patterson. Chad, why don't you tell him what you have to do? You had to bring that up? I did. I did. All right. I guess um, it might as well come out. I have to um, take the SAT, which I haven't taken since high school, in uh, my least favorite bar, um, and it's going to suck. I have to sit there for three hours while the rest of the league drinks and has a merry old time around me so it's not gonna be fun i accept my punishment and uh you know i'm gonna try to stay out of the basement from now on we'll see to be fair we'll get into your profile as well another day but you've done a good job so far about rebuilding your team from a basement dweller to you know a year away from possibly a playoff contender so thank you thank you and not to be you know there's there's a loser of last place but let's not take away from the host has been Near at the bottom every year, just scathing the punishment area of the league, but has still been a consistent last place, you know, threat every year. You only beat me by six fantasy points last year. Just, you know, just want to point that out. Stay humble. I, I am always a threat to come in last place at any <laughs> given time. Um, if there's one thing that you can take away from this podcast is don't just trade to trade. <laughs> if you have the urge to trade, you might want to step back reevaluate the trade and and maybe think it over if it's not improving your team or you really just want to trade you want to feel you're a gm 
I've had that disease, I know, speaking from an owner who's come in 13th, 12th, and 13th in three consecutive years. You don't want to do that. You want to always evaluate every trade like it's your last trade. Make sure it counts. Make sure you're not trading to trade. That's the one key point that I'd like you to take away from this. Now you see that that transitions almost to the opposite of our next topic, which is going over some recent league activity and specifically trade number 100. So despite the, the echoing words of our host about waiting to trade, our league is anything but inactive as seen by the number of trades that happen just in a mere months. I just want to point out that 100th trade is only during the off season as well. So it doesn't count regular season trades. That's so fair. we are a very, very active uh, league. Now, Eric, would you mind breaking down? So we're going to go over the 100th trade as one of our focus trades to review, give opinions on. So um, whoever has it in front of them, you want to break down the trade? Absolutely. I would love to. Um, funny enough, I, I I didn't take my own advice, but I think these <laughs> trades did benefit from me. I, I was involved in trade 98, 99, and 100 um, to round out. <laughs> Our most recent trades. But, so, but these aren't that bad trades for you. Like I think you want a, a, at least a couple of them. No, I mean, going into the last week of the regular season, my RB2 was Akeem Hunt. Yes. So <laughs> you don't really want that on your team. That's another thing to avoid. Um, so let's look at trade 100. It was actually interesting enough, a three-way deal um, between myself, Team Spooky Garoppolo, um, Josh Maddock, uh, team, I believe his team name is Dak. Dak isn't is awful. awful. Yeah, I believe he's a Cowboys Dak fan. So Dak is an awful. It's very fitting. Or actually, he may have just changed it. I'm just not sure what he changed it to. I mean, he is an awful. So Dak is Dak is great. Pretty I have good. no problem with that. Yeah. Um, so let's look at the trade end between Andrew Itzler, um, who I believe his team name is Last Place. Um, so very fitting. He should fitting. probably change that. You know, he should it's, change. It's, he's not Last Place anymore. <laughs> Maybe second to Last Place. I don't know. We'll see. Um, so let's look at the deal. Um, in these three deals, I got Dante Moncrief and pick 33. Remember, we're a 14-team league, so that's going to be pick 303. Um, Josh Maddock actually received uh, Matt Wire 2018 first, so not this year, but next year, and pick 27 this year, so that's going to be pick 213 in the current draft. And Andrew Itzler, um, looking for a little bit of depth, uh, obtained Marvin Jones, and Jonathan Stewart. Um, so it's ba- basically your, your classic scenario of do you want the, the picks, do you want the player and the pick, or do you want the two players? Um, so, Ad, let me hear your thoughts on this deal. I mean, I know what Itzler gave up for Moncrief, and I'm not a big, going into this year, because I've seen that the Panthers might go running back, even Fournette. I don't like Jay Stu. And while Marvin Jones was a good sleeper pick last year, he had a hot beginning, fell off toward the end, and pretty much was Golden Taste team, and I think he got injured for a couple of games. So I don't really understand the move for someone who doesn't have any of his first. I would have thought I don't know which of the I don't know if he had it wires first or one of the which one of the picks that he had, but I think holding on to either the young Moncrief or just any of the picks would have been better than the two veterans because he's not a win now team. So I, I don't understand it. For you, I like it, even though you already had Moncrief and traded him like 15 times throughout this process. Correction, three times. Three times. Yeah. Um, I like it for you. And for Josh, yeah, I mean, if you think Shea Sue's not going to do anything and he's agreeing with me and Marvin Jones, he got a first and a second-round pick for two guys who may prove to be just flex players this year. So, Chad, what do you think? I, I kind of have to agree with you there. Um, I, I don't like it for for Itzler. 
He got a, a veteran in Jay Stu. Uh, to, piggyback, to piggyback on Ad's point, like, you're not a win-now team. You're going to rebuild, and I just don't see these two players as rebuilding pieces. I mean, Marvin Jones could have some value. I mean, he definitely will have some value next year. Uh, how much is, is to be said, but... I, I, yeah, I just don't really get it for him. For for Josh, um, I like it for Josh. He kind of got rid of some dead weight on his team. Uh, Jay Stu, um, you know, I think the Panthers are going to draft the running back as well. So I think getting rid of Jay Stu was a good move. He also has Frank Gore, so we'll see what he does with him. Um, another vet, but to get a 2018 first, which is probably going to be like a mid round pick, mid to high round pick for wire, yeah, yeah, and then pick 27 this year in a deep class. I think that's a good trade for him. Um, and for Eric, uh, Moncrief in pick 33. Uh, I think he was the winner of the trade. Um, but I do like the sides for both Eric and Josh, definitely. If I could also interject, I think Itzler made a move to just simply not come in last place. So if he would rather have two guys that can possibly get him points now over picks that he may not have even this year to even contribute to his point total now, I mean, his running back, too, is Doug Martin, who may not even be rostered. So I can understand someone convincing him, like, hey, take these two guys. They'll get you points now. You can come in ninth place or tenth place instead of last, which I think he just fears because he came in last last year. Yeah. It's a very fair point. Very fair point. Um, I, know, I know you're biased, but how, how do you feel about the trade for yourself? I love the trade for myself. Um, as you can tell, I am a Dante Moncrief truther. Um, I do go in and out of waves. I, I've, this is my third time acquiring Dante Moncrief over the course of three years. So you can see I'm up and down on him. But I'm, I'm very excited for him coming into this season. He's very good in the red zone. Andrew Luck does seem to love giving him the ball within 10 yards of the goal line, which is fantastic. He had a lot of four-yard, two-yard touchdown passes last year. Um, and that's what one, I need. He had one team. that uh, put me in last. He did absolutely. absolutely have one that put you in, in Because you beat me on that, I believe. Or, how does that, how does that we make were, you feel? It sucks. It sucks that Moncrief did that to me, because I was also a Moncrief truther, but no longer. Absolutely, and I, I have some freedom. Actually, pick 33 is actually my highest pick. Um, we'll go over two more trades, just funny enough, they both had me involved. But I, I have been dealing some picks for players, just because I need any kind of production. Um, so I've been kind of targeting younger talent, but... We'll, we'll go over that in the next couple of trades. Um, the next one, actually, trade number 99, was actually between myself and Team Precious, or Team Jenner? Agent Lee. Agent Lee. Agent Lee. <laughs> Agent Lee. <laughs> Got it. Um, uh, trade number 99 was actually, I gave up um, pick 34 this year, um, so pick 304, and Mike Trainers 2018 second. Um, for Jeremy Hill. Now, I know the Dynasty community, I feel, is mixed on Jeremy Hill. I still like him. I think he's got the power back role. Um, even if it's not with the Bengals, if he does get traded, if he if he does go somewhere else, I think he can carve out a role somewhere. Like I said, I, I, I understand that he might not be a lead back. He might be splitting carries. Um, but he has had production. Um, if we look at his stats over the past couple of years, um, they have actually... 2014 was his most productive season coming into the league. He had 1,124 yards, averaging about 5.1 yards per carry and nine touchdowns. We moved to uh, 2015. He had 794 yards, 3.6 yards per carry, which is the lowest of his career, but he had 11 touchdowns and then uh, slightly picked it up in 2016 with 839 yards with a 3.8 per carry average. 
and nine touchdowns again. So he does produce. And he's um, only 24 as well. So he is young. He's he in a decent offense. The AFC North is constantly has Cleveland. He plays Cleveland twice. He's good for 30 <laughs> fantasy points versus Cleveland. Um, so I'm, I'm happy with the move, but I do understand the other side. Um, one of you has the other opinion. Want to jump in? Sure. Um, I'm not high on Jeremy Hill. He did regress the last two years. Even with Geo out last year, he wasn't. He didn't amaze me like he did in 2014. Um, and I believe the news came out today that Bengals saying that they're they are going to take a running back in the draft. So that's certainly going to hurt his value. Um, but I mean, I get it. I get the move for you. Um, you needed running back depth, and I think you got that. We'll just have to see what role he plays on the Bengals. You know, Geo being healthy certainly hurts. But, um, yeah, I guess we'll see. Um, I agree. Both points. Uh, Eric didn't know about the Bengals' desire to draft a running back prior to this trade. So that's just a little unfortunate fantasy luck. I mean, from the mock drafts I saw, I didn't see that. So I don't know why you would think that either. I know some people like Rex Burkhead. What kind of role will he have? You know, could you have like a running back by committee type of deal? I I haven't seen Jeremy Hill being traded or released. Is that like a... Is that a thing? No, I, I mean I've heard I've heard rumors. The issue coming in is that they might not be able to re-sign Burkhead. They don't know how much they're going to sign him for. So oh, I, I thought think you meant if Hill. Got I it think that de- is really dependent. If, if they lose Burkhead, I think they definitely take a running back just because they need it. Um, I, yeah. who, who did they take last year? I think it was Trey Carson, who really hasn't done anything. I don't remember. Looking at both these guys, I mean Hill averaged three point eight and Geo was three point seven yards per carry. So I don't think either like blew the roof off as far as running goes. I didn't really know realize I had such a down year for. At least yards per carry is yeah. concerned, but I can see Hill being like a you're on the one, let's punch it in guy. He's gonna be I think he might be touchdown dependent next year. But for you, you had, as you said, whoever your hunt was your RB two baby. And you give up a second and third, you give up a first. I know Tiz's second may be good, but he's also a team that has some picks this year and could be on the rise, so I, I don't know. He, I think he has three firsts this year, yeah. Three firsts, so I mean he could it's not like he's not gonna be like the first pick in the second round. So, I don't know, kind of a, I understand for both sides. I don't think it's, you know, a move that's going to put you into the playoffs, but I don't think it's going to, you're not, not going to look back on this trade and be like, I wish I didn't do that. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll round out um, my trade extravaganza um, with a trade that I actually made with Mike Trainer, trade number 98. Um, another, another mixed review. Actually, I, I think he's kind of trending upward now in the offseason due to his situation is I obtained Brashad Paraman. Um, and Mike Trainer's 2019 second. How the league is laid out, um, we only allow trades two years out. So as of January 1st, one one seventeen, we could trade picks for the 2019 draft. Um, we kind of do that just to keep the continuity in the league. We don't want someone to trade their picks in 2020, 22, 23, and then drop out, and then whoever inherits the team is, is kind of left in a very unfortunate situation. Um, so I obtained Brashad Paraman on Trainer's 2019 second for, um, or Trainer obtained, Pick 201 and Greg Muller's 2019 fourth. Um, so he probably has a target at 201. I don't know for sure. Um, hopefully, I talk to him and kind of get as we get closer to the draft after the NFL draft. Um, but what are your thoughts on the trade? I initially liked the trade more for Trainer. Um, when we put it to a poll, though, it seemed the fantasy community liked it for the Paramount side. Um, Honestly, after watching more Perriman tape after you did the trade, he's a freak of an athlete. He really is. So I feel like he could be, he could flourish in that offense if he stays healthy. 
That's the biggest thing is if he stays healthy. Um, but he is an absolute savage on the field. So, we'll, I mean, we'll see what he does next year. It's going to be interesting with that receiving core with Steve Smith gone um, and Pyramid maybe taking a lead wide receiver role. Um, but, point. yeah, I mean, we'll see. Um, it could be a good move for you. Like I said, the fantasy community agreed. But I, I think it's it's kind of even. Trainer getting the first pick in the second round, you know, I don't know who he's targeting either, but you know that value could be equal to or better than Perriman. I guess we'll just have to see. Now, who's 2019 second, was it? It was Trainer's 2019 oh, second. So that, you moved down like maybe two or three spots. Oh, well, until a year later. No, I know. But, you know, if you're thinking yeah. equal value in the second round... I'm not even gonna credit the fourth or fourth, whatever. That's like a Rob Seckler move. For <laughs> a still 23, 24 year old wide receiver, I didn't even think about Chad's point about Steve Smith leaving. Yeah. Can open up the opportunity for him. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Kind of both these moves. I don't. They're not gonna kill you, and they could. You know, they have higher upside than they do downside. Yeah, that's. And that's I cool. think Mike Wallace that came out today that he's staying in Baltimore too. Um. So he's going to be a stretch the field guy, and we'll, I mean, we'll see what what, guys. what role uh, what role Perriman carves out there. Absolutely. Um, well, great. Now that we've gone over some trades, uh, let's actually take a look at, at two of the teams in the league. Um, like we said, this is going to be a reoccurring session, um, at least for the first seven episodes. I don't know how we're going to handle it after. Um, but we're going to profile two teams per episode. Um, this actual episode, we chose to profile... My own team, um, as a team that's really trying to rebuild after a struggling couple of seasons. Like I said, I've tried to get past that trade bug. I've made a couple of better trades, but I'm still trading, as you can see. And we'll be going over Agent Lee's team, uh, hosted so by Nick Famulari. That's an actual um, annual contender. A very, very strong team. <clears throat> um, so let's start with the, the weak team on the rise, as I like to think. Mr. Spooky, Mr. Garoppolo. Spooky Garoppolo himself. Um... Can we get into how you chose that name first? To be honest, I don't really have a good answer for you. Um, it just kind of happened. Love Jimmy Garoppolo coming out of college. Um, really would have loved him to be on Cleveland. But at this point, I would take any quarterback on Cleveland. Um, that's just consistently so I can get their jersey, have someone to root for. But it really doesn't look like it's going to happen now. Um, but our name actually, for I'm a Cleveland Browns fan, for those of you who don't know. Um, been through a lot of seasons of misery. And, you know, we're really just looking for that those couple of players to push us over the edge. But our name has been linked to the Jimmy Garoppolo rumors. I know recently, as of today, the Patriots came out and said that they're not trading Garoppolo. Yes. But I, I think Belichick can be persuaded. Yes. Um, I, I think one, one trade that we spoke about today was actually Josh Gordon pending his reinstatement, Isaiah Crowell, and a second-round pick for Garoppolo. Would you do that if you're the Patriots? I would absolutely do that. Yeah, well, Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it benefits both sides. I, I, obviously, for Cleveland, you assume that they they come out on the losing end of any deal, but I think it's a fair value based on what we know now. I agree. I think in fantasy, that trade's a huge ripoff for the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, would, I would agree. But in this loading running back class, you don't know. Maybe we then we, take, uh, we take Dalvin Cook or Maybe. Leonard Fournette at 12. That's a good point. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. But anyway. All right, so let's, uh, let's go over my team. Uh, one of my strengths is quarterback. I have two two perennial QB1s, um, Matt Stafford and Jameis Winston. Staff Daddy. Um, as we like to call Staff Daddy. Um, so, consistent points there. No real concern. 
My wide receivers, I've been trying to buy up young talent, um, has been my goal ever since uh, my previous debacles. Um, so, as you can see, I have Jordan Matthews, Laquan Treadwell, Marquise Lee, Brashad Perriman, and Dante Moncrief. Um, also rounded out by Corey Coleman. Had to take the Browns' fantasy darling. Uh, my running backs have drastically improved since the Akeem Hunt days <laughs> with Isaiah Crowell and Theo Riddick. Um, rounded out by Jeremy Hill, who's the new recent addition. Tight end's also relatively strong. Uh, lucked out with a free agent pickup, actually. Um, Andrew Itzler dropped Hunter Henry midseason um, right before he blew up. So that was a big win for me. You seem to be mentioning Itzler a lot in negative reasons in this podcast. We do. I mean, he, he acknowledges that he should not have dropped him. <laughs> but what are you going to do? You live and learn, and, and hopefully Jay Stu has a, has a Pro Bowl season this year for him. Um, Hunter Henry and Eric Ebron. Uh, rounded out by the Pittsburgh Steelers D. Hopefully they bring back the steel curtain. And uh, <laughs> yeah, Jamie, Jamie Collins and Miles Jack on defense. Um, so as you can see, my, my average my average age is like 23. It's it's very young. It is young. Um, hopefully I can hit on some of those young upside receivers like Treadwell, uh, Paraman, Coleman, any of those guys don't bust. Um, but that's really where I am right now is, is rebuilding, reloading. Um, don't have many picks in the next couple of years, so I need these guys to hit. So you were a bottom team last year. Where do you see yourself this year? Um, I, I don't see my see, myself getting out of the bottom five. Um, if really? I could If I could push 10th place, I'd be excited. It'd be my best finish so far, but just a step in the right direction. See, I think you're better than that. I'm looking at your team now. I think you also left off Charles Sims, but I mentioned Ooh. Doug Martin before, probably not getting re-signed. So Sims could be the RB1 if they don't draft another running back this year in the early days. I mean, you got some high upside. I, lo- I tried getting Coleman from you multiple times. You wouldn't give him to me. There was the possible, I don't know, was it Peterson or uh, Jamal Charles to Lions rumor, but even if that blows over, you got Riddick in a PPR league who's good. The Crow did his thing. You were the one, you were all over that this season. Tried well, unproven, but could still be good. I, I mean, you got, it's like we discussed with a lot of your trades, it's upside versus, you know, I, I think your floor is... You could come in last. I don't think you are, but I think you're, um, I don't know, like a five or six win team. I think you're in the eight or nine seed, honestly. I would, I would love that. I agree with five to six wins. Um, I just desperately don't want Ridge to have one-on-one again. That's basically my goal. I don't oh, yeah, have my first. first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, he, he has you're my no way. You're, no. He won't. That will be like 105, 106. I will do everything in my power to make sure he does not That's have one That's where I think you go. Yeah. I've said before that, that I'm really impressed with what you did with your team this offseason. Um I mean, I can't stress we can't stress this enough, but you had Akeem Hunt as your <laughs> run. Wait, I think Tyler Irvin was your running back too. Tyler Irvin got a couple of runs, a couple of negative point runs actually, a couple of fumbled kick returns. So when you go from rocking with Akeem Hunt and Tyler Irvin in your starting lineup to Isaiah Crowell and Theo Riddick and Charles Sims and Jeremy Hill, like that's pretty impressive to do. And I just think that you did a good job rebuilding in such a short amount of time. Same with your receivers. Like, yeah, Laquan's unproven. Corey Coleman had an up-and-down rookie year. But who knows? Like, one of them could hit. Um, if if the Browns don't sign prior and Coleman's that number one, you know, his value's going to go up. Um, but we'll see. Like, I think, you're, I think you're not middle of the road yet. I think you're kind of towards the bottom still. I would agree with bottom six. I think you could you can get... Six six wins, maybe seven, depending on your schedule. Yeah, especially um, with our division. Yeah, our division's a little weaker. So, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm just impressed with what you did with your team, and we'll see what 
what happens going into uh, the, this, the, the new season. Also from year to year, uh, just looking at how your team ended versus how it is now, I think you got rid of two of my most overrated players, I think, South High, were Tyreek Hill. Traded him at the perfect... I don't see him being consistent with what he did this year. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. I just don't see it happening again. And I hated Matt Jones. So... Everyone was like, I hate Matt Jones. I think everyone you got, hates Matt Jones. You got rid of Matt Jones. I don't even know who has Matt Jones at this point, but you got rid of him. That was it's just a couple... Sec- Seckler has Matt and you, Jones. Did you have DeAndre Washington you traded him to? I traded him Yeah, I have DeAndre Washington, yeah. So that could be... If they do get rid of Murray, that could be a, a bummer. But, you know, you did... You even took the... And you got rid of Ellington, which the, the community didn't like your trade, but it's whatever. But not not to mention... Sorry to cut you off, but your, fine. your quarterbacks are Matt Stafford and your backup's Jameis Winston. Like, those are pretty... Pretty solid quarterbacks as well. Yeah, yeah if, I, if I can go into any draft not having to worry about quarterback, I'm, I'm very happy. I that do was, wish you had some picks goal. this year. That probably, if, if I knew you had like a first or early second this year, maybe I think you could make a playoff push if you hit on that pick. But if you don't, it's fine. But I think you're treading in the right direction. Yeah, I one agree. O- one overall waiver. We got it. And you got it back. Uh, Chad, do you want to dive into uh, into Team Jenner or, or Agent Lee? <laughs> I'll go into Agent Lee. I think I think Agent Lee is the best team in the league. Um, I know it's kind of kind of kind of a hot bold take statement. with Rodgers winning it all. That's gonna upset a few people. But I I love his team. I mean, I traded him AJ Green during the season. I mean, his receivers are AJ Green, DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Evans. Like, be, like, like you can't be much better there by receivers. His tight ends Gronk. I mean, if Gronk plays. Like Gronk usually plays and is healthy the entire season. I mean, he's obviously the best tight end of the league. Um, Aaron Rodgers at the helm at quarterback. I mean, his team's pretty unstoppable. Not to mention he has Josh Gordon, too, yeah. who is only 25 and could come back and just be a beast like he normally is when he plays in the NFL. So um, I think that he will definitely be in the playoffs next year. Um, it's just gonna it's gonna depend on it's gonna depend on this competition in our division for if if he can beat Rodgers with those running backs and if Rodgers if God forbid Rodgers one one of his players gets hurt, I think Nick is just is just gonna be better. So he also doesn't have many picks this year either. Um so that's unfortunate. I think his first pick is is what I traded him in the Hill trade, so I think True. twenty six. And a thin bench. And we has three bench somehow. Oh, because he traded Cobb and he traded Hill in the offseason after True. cuts. Injury is gonna be the biggest thing for him. He keeps banking on Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon is not <laughs> coming back. You're a salty Browns fan. I am a salty Browns fan. I, I wear it proudly, but he's not coming back. It's over. He had CJ Anderson go down too last year and he still finished first in our division. Which is a hard division. So, I, I agree. I don't know if he's the best team, but on any given week, he can be the best team. I just think he's... In, where other teams... Obviously, an injury away for some teams is obviously detrimental. Where if he has another, you know, Freeman or Anderson go down, his third is Jonathan Williams. Which I know people love him, but I'm a big McCoy guy. I think it came out today that they're not going to... I don't know where the rumors started, but they're going to get rid of McCoy, but... You mean Jonathan Winnow-Williams? Yeah, Jonathan, yeah, Jonathan Winnow-Williams. Yeah, yeah, I just wanted yeah. to clarify. Yeah, yes, of course. Yes, yes, Um I know he has McKinnon. I traded him McKinnon before, but that O-line's a disaster. I mean, but McKinnon's going to have more value this year with AP gone. Well, he was gone this year, do. too. I don't even think he did that much. Him yeah, and, that's true. So We also have to think that they're going to take somebody in the draft as well. 
Although McKinnon has the upside and has the passing down back, I, th- I think they still take someone in the loaded class. Yeah. Could be could be a late pick. Could and be he a didn't really. Uh, yeah, he didn't even have AJ Green healthy for his playoff run. Did he got he, he got him back like the last week in the playoffs, or he wasn't yeah. even at that point. So, yeah, his team's stacked. If Gronk can stay healthy, which is, you know, seems to be a coin flip. It's just health. I mean, that's with any team. If you can stay healthy, you can win it all. Yeah. Well, you're right. His weaknesses are he doesn't have very many picks, and his bench is thin. So. But yeah, I would say definitely a top. I mean, it's not like a hot take it's to say top four team. I would say he's still our favorite to win the division for our division, but, you know, I think there's three or four teams that can win that division. So, and so wh- where do you think he ends up final? If you've gone to head, where do you think he ends up if the season ends today? Third? Is, you're saying third? Third, yeah. yeah that's fair. I, I actually tend to agree with that. I'm going to say he's gonna, I'm gonna say he won it all. All right. Ooh. Yeah. I, I think he's he's due to win it all. I thought this was his year. Rogers won, but I think um, I think the defending champ and I think a couple other teams are slightly better. But you know, schedule pending. Uh, that's all. I'll just say third. All right. All right. Great. So we unanimously, unanimously, yeah, unanimously agree. Yeah, he's a top three team. Oh yeah. Yeah. Without, without a doubt, with those with those receivers, he cannot be. Yes. It's it's not possible in fantasy, especially in a PPR league. Um, that being said, let's move on to some recent new, uh, news. We've actually touched upon quite a few different items, um, going through trades, going through teams' rosters. Um, but let's actually kind of dive in on, on some of the things. Specifically, we just spoke about AP. Where do you think the best fit for Adrian Peterson? I know he's been linked to the Cowboys. Um, we have our, our Cowboys expert in board <laughs> yes. combat. What, what's your, your... I actually am the Cowboys fan, and I own Adrian Peterson. So this is a double... Do not want him on the team. I don't see the need for him to be on the team at his assumed price tag. Um, if we're just talking strictly fantasy, as an owner, I want him to go to the Raiders if they're going to get rid of Murray, because that's arguably a better O-line than the Cowboys. People say that. I don't break down O-line tape. I just go by the production. Zeke went off and Murray didn't, so I just think they're better. But people say their O-line's ridiculously good. So if he goes there, his value, if he stays healthy, will be astronomically high, I think. I mean, if he goes anywhere and he's healthy, he's going to be high. For me, I wanted to go to the best-case scenario. I was happy the Vikings are going to cut him, even though they can re-sign him for less money. They may work that out, but I wanted to go to the Raiders, badly, especially if they're going to give him to Murray. It's a fair landing spot for yeah. him. Um, I personally think he would be a great, great asset to the Bucks, um, especially with the Doug Martin situation. With Charles Sims complimenting him as the passing down back, I think he could be an absolute stud in that offense. I, I was I was going to say Colts. Um, I, I want him on the Colts. I think they address offensive line finally in this draft. I think this is the year they finally pull the trigger and do it. So they just replace an old running back with a old running back. Well, no, I I think I think they work out a fair trade. I I think AP steps in there with Gore. Nice little nice little one-two combo. A stronger offensive line. Andrew Luck, arguably the best quarterback to come out in the past. X amount of years. I I, th- I think this is the year they might actually finally put it together. I that, would not hate that as an owner of Adrian Peterson. That'd be interesting with Gore and Peterson in the backfield. Right. I fig- you figured they're both old. They both have a lot of tread on the tires. You want to take the weight off of each of them. And not to mention, they probably will draft a running back late. But yeah. if you're trying to make a push now, they have the talent. Yeah. I think we can all agree that the Cowboys would be the worst situation for him. I mean, he would do well. If we're talking fantasy, he'll still get his 10 to 12 carries, but obviously. It won't be RB1 carries. He might not get yeah. RB1 carries anywhere if he's not proven to be healthy where he was. Because even when he did play last year, he was pretty bad. 
which could be just a tribute to the Vikings, which I mentioned earlier why, yeah. I, why I don't like McKinnon. But, um, yeah, I just, I'm being selfish and just want to go to the best situation possible. Completely fair. Uh, let's move to another aging running back. Um, <laughs> funny enough, they probably went 1-2 in, in your fantasy draft in 2007, 2008, <laughs> and now they're both free agents. Um, Jamal Charles, uh, what are your thoughts on Jamal Charles after? I think he has less upside than Peterson, obviously. He's just the guy that it seems like for the last few years you're just convincing yourself this is the year he won't get hurt, and you take him like fifth or seventh overall in your your redraft, and then you just screw yourself over for the rest of the year, wishing you never took Charles. Um, I see him more as just a complimentary third down backup, like maybe the Giants draft him. I can even That would make more sense with the Cowboys. If you want to take less reps off Zeke, and not have to overpay someone and not have to deal with probably an ego that Peterson would bring, <laughs> expecting to get a certain amount of carries, because Charles is already kind of used to taking the backseat with, you know, splitting carries with West. I think that makes more sense, but, um, yeah, I, I, for a fantasy perspective, I don't think he's going to be too relevant, maybe a bi-week flex player. Chad? I'm staying as far away from Jamal Charles as possible. I don't like Jamal Charles. He's injury-prone. He hasn't been that great since when? Since 2013, 2012 ish. Alright, so let's 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 attribute this to fantasy. This is a fantasy podcast. What what's the most that you would give up for Jamal Charles right now, not knowing situation? Late second. <sighs> Just on upside? Yeah, I was gonna say early third. Yeah, same. Early third. Yeah. So now what if he goes to the Raiders? Are you are, would you throw first at that point? No. no I don't think so. Okay. I th- I still think they would go committee, probably. With Richard and uh, Murray. That's fair. I don't think he's, like, coming in, you know, demanding that kind of role like Peterson would. Yeah. Okay. Raiders is a good situation for him. I might move up to the second round pick for him, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm just not a big Jamal Charles fan. No. He okay. used to be. I think everyone used to be, but... How could you not? Not any longer. So then, posing the same question, would you give a first for AP right now, not knowing situation? No. 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 I'd give a second for him. Okay. But probably not a probably not a high second, probably a low second. So two oh five, would you do it? Peterson straight up? I don't think so. I don't think oh I wouldn't get I would do that and I don't think I can get that for him. Okay. No, that's what about very, you? Very fair. I, I would probably do that. You would? Yeah. On which side? I, I would I would probably take Peterson. Over two oh five? Yeah, for a year of production. It's a gamble. It's it's definitely especially in this kind of draft where people say it's a deep running back. I think class. I think this is I, I I think this is his last productive year. I think I think he's still, not like an overly. I'm thinking maybe like 900 yards, to eight touchdowns, something like that. I'll take that. That's okay. that that puts up fantasy points. If I can get flex okay. numbers out of Peterson, I'll be more than happy. So basically, you're saying that's a win now move. So it's, a, it's a very win. I'm now curious move. as to why you would do that. I'm just saying in general. You're saying not, straight not, up. Not specific, you're saying straight not specifically, up value. Not specifically for my <coughs> situation. Okay. I'm just saying if I'm if I'm an in general it's fan. It's a win. It's it's would absolutely would do, do that it, move. Yeah. I, he would absolutely to do that move. To avoid the basement. It's it would do that. Yeah, exactly. It's a, does he have a basement 15? avoiding move. No, just, just, no. Oh, Famulari has pick 15 now for Cobb. Doesn't uh, he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, 16. Famu- uh, Itzler still has 15. He trades reach out, reach out to Itzler. No, I'm going to keep him. He's just a player I'm just going to keep until he's... He's retired. Ride him out into the yeah. pasture. Yep. Respect. Respect that. Um, so I guess we'll go over two more guys quick uh, before we move into our, our sleeper of the week. Uh, move over to receiver. Um, Chad, I'm going to throw this one to you. Okay. Highest paid in the league right now, your boy, Antonio Brown. <laughs> How do you feel about it? 
You know how I feel about it. Um, I'm, I'm wearing huge, the shirt. I'm a huge Steeler <laughs> fan. I'm wearing the Businesses Bowman shirt. You know how I do. Um, I mean, I'm super biased with this question because I love AB. He might be my favorite player ever. Actually, second, Champ Bailey is my favorite player ever. But you know, he he's the I think he's the best wide receiver in the league, and he has been for three or four years. And I think that he has a lot left to do. I think he wants to win a championship in Pittsburgh, and I'm stoked. I'm stoked to have him. Obviously, I hope that he has pieces around him, wide receiver wise. Like I hope Martavis Bryant comes back and it's a complimentary to him. Um, and if we find like a nice slot guy, I mean, I, I might be happy with Eli Rogers. Who's that, Eli? Yeah, who knows? But you know, Bell's back. You know, it's looking like Ben's gonna stay. So yeah, I'm stoked to have AB back. Got the game back together. Yeah, yeah. The the killer bees, man. So as a fantasy, Adam, I'll direct this one to you. Do you see this as an opportunity to sell high on AB? No. You wouldn't sell him? No. So what if what if Andrew Riggio comes to you tonight <laughs> okay. at 10.05 p.m.? And 101-102? 101-102. What do you do? Um, how old is Brown? 27, 28? 28, 28, 29. I mean, people were offering... I was offering Julio for that. I know Greg was offering Cooper for that. I mean, neither of them... I mean, Julio might be Brown, but... Cooper will probably be around, but it's tough. It is it's not, tough. It's not an easy one. As as a Pittsburgh fan, I wouldn't do it. Like I've legit offered Bell Duge seven first. Duge probably needs to do that because <laughs> he has Murray and Charles. I forgot who his RB three is, but I wouldn't. That's hard. That's that's like another play you might just have to just ride to the to the I very don't know. end. I, I would probably take one hundred one, one hundred two. You can get the two running backs. I kind of feel like I would too. I agree. I, I think I think backs. I think yeah. Mike would too, just based on his team situation. But yeah, Mike wouldn't fan. do it. Mike won't give up AB. He wouldn't give you seven first and AJ Green for AB. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he wouldn't do that. No, that, that was just just to give our listeners a, that was a legitimate offer. I was seven first and and AB for uh, seven first and AJ for AB, and that was actually turned down. Granted, I never had seven first, so it was kind of. Uh, it's it's not he has JJ too, and Blunt. I didn't realize he had that many running backs. Yeah, maybe his team's team team good. He's a top maybe, fourteen. Maybe he yeah, doesn't. Top, do, maybe he doesn't 14. do the trade. Maybe he doesn't do it. Yeah, he's he's in win now mode, so we'll, really... we'll we'll address this team another week. Yeah, we will. We will. Um, uh, le- last guy, um, QB market. It's a little bit different in our league. We're not a QB premium league, um, and we only have four-point passing touchdowns. So QB mm-hmm. is not the most dire need in the league. It's nice to have, uh, so you don't really have to worry about it. But Kirk Cousins, um, what do you see his outlook for 2017 season? Um, I think it's going to be great. You know, I'm high on Kirk Cousins. I actually just traded for him. Um, maybe I think it was trade number 97, 96. But I gave pick 14 and... Dwayne Allen for Cousins in 18. And then he cut Dwayne Allen. And then he cuts Dwayne Allen, which I still don't really get. (laughs) But I needed a quarterback. I like her Cousins. He had a hell of a year last year. Um, I think he set the record for Redskins' most passing yards in a season last year. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I like him a lot. He's a competitor. I don't think he's as good as Aaron Rodgers, obviously, but he reminds me of Aaron Rodgers a little bit. Jordan Reed owners are happy. Yeah, Jordan Reed owners are happy. Jameson Crowder could could prosper because of him. Um, if they lose Djax, it'll be a little bit upsetting. Um, but you have to assume that, or hopefully, um, Josh Doxson. Josh Doxson emerges. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but yeah, no, I think him staying in Washington is great. If he would have went to San Francisco, I wouldn't have been that upset. But yeah, I like Kirk Cousins. That, for me, I have Crowder. 
So I was very excited to see him get tagged out, but I was very nervous. I did not know trading for Crowder that there was this possibility that um, Cousins would even be off the team. So I was relieved for that because I traded for Crowder assuming Jackson and Garcon would be gone. That was like a pretty talked about assumption. It seems like Jackson's going to be gone and it looking like Garcon's also going to be gone. Obviously, I knew they had um, the rookie, but, you know, wide receiver 1 slash 2, 1A, 1B, whatever you want to call it. I like Crowder a lot this year. I think he's going to be someone I target in a lot of my redrafts as well. As a, I just can, I can just see the websites ranking him very low. And I just, I'm just i going to try to scoop him up in pretty much all my leagues, especially PPR leagues. So for me, it seems like a lot of this news, AP, Cousins reflects me, but, you know, that was good for me, good for my team, good for... Uh, Bortal Combat. Great, great free agency week for Bortal Combat. I will, I will say it that. It was. Yeah. Um, so, we have taken up quite a lot of your time. So, what we want to do is at the end of each session, uh, we want to do like a sleeper of the week. And since the combine has essentially started, um, really the the meat of it is coming this weekend with the running backs, the wide receivers, all the testing, all the exciting stuff that really gets you really pumped for the NFL draft. I want to do a sleeper for the actual combine. Um, so, I know we all have our own sleeper. We'll go over them, and then we'll wrap it up and go over next week's show. Um, so actually, I'll start um, since I, I had offered. Mine's actually Malachi Dupree, um, a guy with a lot of name cachet earlier in his career. So I, I want to say last year, all of the mock drafts that I look, is I, I do look a little bit far in advance. I was looking at 2017 mock drafts way too early. He, he was projected <laughs> very, very high. And guys that produce early, I'm, I'm a big fan of um, early in their career. Uh, like I said, as you can see, on my team, I, I did like to buy a lot of guys with first-round pedigree. Treadwell, Perriman. They might not produce right away, but they have before. So you have to assume somewhere in there, they have the ability to come out and produce at some point of a level in the NFL. I agree. Um, so I, I've chosen Malachi Dupree. Specifically, not only because of his college production, which his junior year alone is coming out early, on a, a, a poor-passing LSU team. Very poor. Um, I mean, but not necessarily that they were that bad. They just have two of the top five running backs in the country with Fournette and Jarius Geis, which you're going to run the ball. I completely get that. Yeah. But on, a, on a, a down passing team, he had 41 receptions, 593 yards, and three TDs. But he showed a lot more than that. He's He's got huge strong hands, great leaping ability, and he's also a good run blocker, which is something that you can get on the field right away in the NFL. If you can prove you can do that, it's going to lead to playing time. I'm not saying he projects as a wide receiver one, but I think he could absolutely be a wide receiver, too, in the NFL. Um, reminds me a little bit of Josh Doxson. Not as explosive, but similar leaping ability, uh, similar playmaking ability. I also want to point out that he was actually, um, something I like as well, the top receiver coming out of high school. Hmm. You, you might just top receiver coming out of high school you did your for, research. The, for the 2014 <laughs> class. And not going to say that that always translates, but if you look at history, 2006, top receiver, Percy Harvin. Very productive career. 2008, number one and two, Julio and AJ. Translated directly to the NFL. I'm not going to say he's Julio and AJ, but they obviously had very illustrious careers. Um, not always going to be the same. 2009 was invisible. Um, oh. It was a tough... For those of you who don't know, Ruben Randall is known as invisible. In <laughs> he's just not good. Um, Robert Woods in 2010, having a relatively productive career. Um, an interesting Robert for, Elite Woods. Relatively productive Robert Elite Woods. <laughs> Uh, 2011, I've never heard of this guy. George Farmer. Never produced. But what was interesting to me... Who? Is, <laughs> what 
What was interesting to me is Sharon Peak was a higher higher uh, recruited prospect than Jarvis Landry and Sammy Watkins. Really? Wow. Interesting for me. And uh, I'll just end it with 2012, 2013. DGB, 2012. 2013. Treadwell, 2013. On your team. Um, so, oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going straight off this trend. But as you can see, I, I'm going off proven talent. He's produced before. Taking a shot that he might produce again. Now, where are you pegging him for, say, just say our rookie draft this year? I I think he's going to be a second-round rookie pick. I don't think he's going to go first. I think he has the talent to potentially go late first, but I don't think he's going to. I think he's going to go mid-second, so maybe pick, I don't know, 206, 207. All right. That's where I'm picking, so thank you for the insight. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Ab, would you like to, uh, to go ahead? Yeah, I didn't do nearly as much research. I have about four things jotted down here. So I am sort of tight end needy. I have Martellus Bennett, who is aging. I guess he played with like, pretty much a broken foot all year, so he's injured. Um, I did try away Ertz this year. I don't love he's young, but whatever. So I'm kind of looking at... You know, everyone says how... I mean, the whole class is deep. So every position seems to be the deepest class and whatever. But specifically, they say the tight end of this, you know, of this class is pretty deep. There's been, you know, if you take tight ends in the first round previous years, it hasn't always worked out for you. But I'm looking for a deeper, deeper tight end. So I maybe don't have to burn a first or second round pick on some of the higher profile guys. D2, Adam Shaheen, I think is how they pronounce it. We're not <laughs> completely sure. Shaheen? How to, Shaheen? 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 He was from D2 from Ashland, Ohio, 6'6", 277. We were watching some film on him earlier. Dude, is just, he looks like he's playing with peewee football players. Now, another D2, so they're going to be a little smaller, but he looks just like a freak. And he's got some wheels. He looked like, you know, he had some open field catches. And uh, he led all FBS tight ends with 16 receiving tight ends last year. So, you know. Adam Sheehan. Shaheen. You heard it here first. You, you guys absolutely heard it here first. I mean, I can't tell you where he's going to get pegged in the real draft or our rookie draft, but just pay attention to where I'm picking, and that could be where he gets picked in the rookie draft. He's going to be an interesting watch at the Combine. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm super excited Yeah, I'm excited to, to watch, watch him. him at the Combine. The D2 Cinderella story. Yeah, the D2 Cinderella story. I mean, D, D2 guys, have, they've, they've come in and done it before. Look at this Zach Zenner. Zach Zenner is an athletic freak. He's in the NFL. He's playing for the Detroit Lions. There you go. You never there know. Chad? All right, so for me... Out of Western Kentucky, the Hilltoppers, <laughs> Taywan Taylor. I call him TT for short. Why don't you tell us about TT? TT, my boy. <laughs> Senior, 6'1, 195. I was watching tape on this guy earlier. Um, you know, he's just, he's one of the more creative route runners I've seen in this draft. He kind of freestyles a lot once he gets off the line, which is, which is kind of cool. I don't know if it's really going to translate to the NFL, but. He has the ability to, to create space and um, make people miss in, in the open field. Um, his senior year, he had over 1,700 yards and 17 touchdowns. Wow. And he had 41 total touchdowns in college. So I think people are sleeping on this guy. I like his hands. I like his, I like his speed. I like his mobility. Um, and one thing I also want to point out, his glove size, 2XL. Big hands. Huge hands. For You know, you know what that means. Big gloves. Yeah. That's absolutely we correct. Just, that. And if yeah. you know me, if you know me, I like drafting receivers with big hands, <laughs> i.e. Malcolm Mitchell, i.e. <laughs> Georgia Bulldogs, huge hands, and I just think Taewon Taylor's going to be a stud. And, you know, his NFL comp is Stefan Diggs. You know, if he could be a slot guy like him, I think he could be great. 
you know we're not moving forward without calling Malcolm Malcolm Big Hands Mitchell. Malcolm Big Hands Mitchell, yeah, yeah, yeah it's going to be locked in. I'm down for that. <laughs> well, you guys heard it here first. Um, we'll see. We're very excited for the combine this weekend. We're going to be paying a lot of very close attention to not only the guys that we picked as sleepers, but everyone in general, because that's going to impact our rookie draft. Um, you put in the work now, it'll pay dividends later. Uh, you know, one guy, Andrew Riggio, is not doing any work now. <laughs> he probably only knows Leonard Fournette. But well, he's you know probably going to pick Adam Shaheen second he overall. He might pick now. Adam Shaheen second overall. <laughs> Just he might simply take- based on this podcast. It might take Maddie Mock. We don't know. <laughs> um, but for next week's show, we're super excited. This is week one. We have momentum. We're going to week two. We're coming in hot. Um, we're going to profile two new teams. We're going to go over some of the news and notes from the Combine, see who stuck out for us, who we really liked. And um, even if we have some time, I'd like to do a two-round rookie mock draft between the three of us. Does that yeah, sound we'll good see. with you guys? We'll yeah, see. It could be a little early, but we could we could do that. Love way too early mocks. Those are the best. If you're talking fantasy? Oh, absolutely fantasy. It's all fantasy. All fantasy, Mark. All fantasy, all the time. I could be down. Mention, too, I think it'd be fun to rank the teams, and depending on any other trades or acquisitions or news, maybe how that shifts some of the power rankings between the three of us. Yeah. We want to do a a power ranking of all 14 teams, mainly because it's going to stir the pot, baby. There you it's go. It's going to stir the pot. You're going to get drama. It will make some people very unhappy. I, mean, I can't believe who Eric has at five. You, you'll never guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to do it for this week's edition. Uh, I want to thank you all for listening uh, to the Elite Dynasty Podcast. I'm your commissioner, signing off. And one more thing. The Twitter is at EliteDynasty69. Go give it a follow if you haven't already. Uh, we're tweeting all the trades that happen in our league, all the league news. Shout out Tay. Shout out to Tay, our, our tweet master. And uh, yeah. I think it's been a successful first episode. I, I think it's been great, and you might as well give me a follow, too, EFV40. <laughs> okay, now you're just getting greedy. Yeah, I'm the commissioner. I want the power. Come on. All right, whatever. All right. whatever. Well, thanks again for listening, guys. Uh, signing off. See you again next week for more uh, news and notes around the fantasy and NFL. Later. Peace.